50 States of Terror may include descriptions and discussions unsuitable for young audiences. Episodes may contain adult themes, language, and content. Listener discretion is advised. Out in the southern parts of Fairbanks, Alaska, I am standing near the possible tracks of the Northern Giant, a bear of unimaginable size. Here, in this near-remote area of the mountains, where the environment provides adequate protection of a beast of this magnitude, we hope to catch a rare glimpse of this massive brown bear species. Possibly a cousin to the extinct short-faced bear, Articus Stemmus. If we are lucky, we will finally be able to prove its existence once and for all. We see here, in the wet Alaskan soil, a deep imprint of a bear's paw, nearly one meter in length. Although no one has confirmed the existence of the northern giant through physical specimen gathering, there have been pictures of hunters with massive bears not one who can make a print of this size. The locals have told this story of this gargantuan bear for some time, and we are here to try to capture this magnificent creature on film. We will be using state-of-the-art cameras and a film crew rotating 24 hours a day. Cheers, and happy hunting. This is Alaska, the Northern Giant. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of 50 States of Terror. My name is Kaylee. And I'm Anthony. We have had an overwhelming amount of people reaching out, of people just listening. It's so exciting. We officially hit 100 downloads. Yeah. And this is more than I think we really expected in the beginning, which is great. It's so exciting for us. Um, It's exciting for Kate. She's our little audio goddess, and she's been working so hard on everything. So we want to start off this episode by just saying thank you so much for joining us. This is this is exciting. Yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for following us on our social media stuff. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, but this is what we're here for. We are going to start talking about the Northern Giant in Alaska. Yeah, let's start with the location. So the location is going to be specifically for this story. We're going to be talking about the Fairbanks area. So the Fairbanks area, it's got a population of about 30,000 people. It has the University of Alaska Fairbanks there. It is the second largest city in Alaska, and it is the largest city of interior Alaska. I didn't even know that there was a difference between parts of Alaska, but I've never been there personally. You've actually spent a little bit of time in Alaska, is that right? Yeah, I was there at Fort Wainwright for one week. And Alaska is just gorgeous. Is it really as pretty as the pictures? Yeah. And and then some. You should take me to Alaska. We should go. Yeah. We could probably track the Northern Giant. Yeah. The Northern Giant. You've already gathered. This is a huge bear. Yes. So this isn't something like Jersey Devil or a named cryptid. This is a breed of cryptid, a species of cryptid. I find that this one is going to be in my top 10 favorite cryptids. And this story has me fired up about cryptids in general because of the plausibility of it being real, which is super, super cool to me. 
But yeah, it isn't a popular one like the Jersey Devil, uh, Chupacabra, um, Momo, like like you said, Sasquatch. Research-wise, it was really difficult to find first-hand accounts because I believe that this is just something that you hear when you live in that area. Um, with the amount of information, all we can go on is what people described it as. Basically, what they described it as was this gargantuan, seven foot tall in height, uh, meaning seven foot tall on all fours, and a length of 18 to 19 feet from nose to tail, which is ungodly large. But on that note, uh, let's talk about the possibilities of how some, something like this could be that, that large. Okay, so what I have found... In my digging, I found a little bit of information about something called Foster's Rule, and that's going to work into insular giantism, insular dwarfism. And what this is going to talk about is the evolutionary ability for an animal to grow to the size of where it's living. So this is when something is living in an area where it has no predators and it can grow larger because it doesn't have to be small and sneaky anymore. Or this is when something is just growing to fit in its environment. We can look at the dodo bird. The dodo bird had no natural predators and kept getting bigger and kept getting bigger. And, you know, now it's dead as a dodo because it couldn't undo in a couple decades what it had over hundreds of years evolved to become. So when you look at possibilities of obviously this bear, if it's giant, had no predators, but maybe in such a vast environment where food was plentiful it was the king of its domain, it's possible that something could just really start growing very, very large. Yeah, so when you talk about the species, you're talking about brown bears. So Alaska uh, plays home to the Kodiak, uh, also known as the Kodiak brown bear, also known as the Alaskan brown bear. Now, the largest captive Kodiak was around 2,130 pounds. That bear is named Clyde at the Dakota Zoo in North Dakota. Now, in the wild, they recorded that a Kodiak could get up to 1,500 pounds. You know, just speaking in pound-wise, that's just massive. But the Kodiak stands at around 4 foot 4 from foot to shoulder and is not as, as large as you, would, you, you picture a Kodiak being. Now, when you talk about the brown bear species, there is a prehistoric brown bear by the name. Oh, I'm going to butcher this 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 uh, scientific <laughs> name. not your forte. Um, who, the the giant short faced bear, Arctodus simus. I think that sounds pretty close. Yeah, that, that sounds That's pretty good. And it lived uh, approximately eleven thousand years ago, which was the last um, the the last finding fossil that they found. It lived within the. I'm going to butcher this too. The Pleistocene to early Holocene. See, my brain, <laughs> my, my brain wants to go Holocene. Holocene. Holocene era. Uh, okay, so yeah, so <laughs> so what the. The giant short, uh, the giant's short-faced bear, is, is a huge bear, standing on its hind legs. It's a twelve feet tall with a fourteen foot vertical arm reach. 
And the average weight was around 2,110 pounds. And an alpha male could average around 2,600 pounds, which is huge. But these things actually existed. And for me, I think it would be, I mean, first of all, it'd be terrifying to see just a bear of, of this stature. But unlike modern bears, modern bears, if you look at them, they're so cute and they look like little teddy bear things you want to cuddle, but their toes kind of point towards each other. So they're pigeon toed. Whereas the giant short face bear, the toes went straight forward. That meant that this bear could run. run. It could run. They think that it could run up to 40 miles per hour. Yes. Can you imagine? Like it's it's so big. It is towering over you. And the one they found at the uh, La Brea, La, La Brea Tar Pits, La Brea, La Brea, uh, in California, whatever that, however you pronounce that, that city, and, and I'm butchering that too. They, they found one with its like claws or teeth into a mammoth. And that's just mind boggling. Giant sloths too. Those things that roamed around the earth, this thing hunted those with 40 mile an hour sprints and just devoured these things. And that makes me so happy because what if evolutionary wise, we think they're extinct, but what if they're still around? It's also really cool because paleobiologists, which I didn't even know was really a job. I might've changed my mindset in high school and maybe have done that. That would have been really cool. For paleontology. A paleobiologist. Oh, oh yeah, paleobiology. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I knew it, but come on. So they did some signature testing on the bones, and it had such a high nitrogen rate that the that the giant short faced bear was a true carnivore. It did not eat plants. This is not like the brown and black bears today, where they're omnivores and they eat berries, and then they eat some animal, and then they eat this, and then they eat that, and eat whatever trash that they can find from your campsite. These only ate meat. Yeah. Which I didn't realize that we could really test that so specifically. So I think that's really cool too. And the structure of this thing, it looks freaky if you just look at the at the skeletal remains of one. Because it looks like something out of your nightmares. Because it has huge hind and front legs. And it, what we account for is just its massive speed. And its hands are so large, it almost looks like... It almost looks humanoid, just the skeleton itself, just the way it, it looks like some little demonic movie prop set. The hands are so big and they're so like they just look like our hands. So it's just a yeah, it's definitely a freaky, a freaky thing when you're looking at those. Yeah. And, and what the cryptid description is, it's a giant Kodiak. So it, it, the way people are describing it is this massive Kodiak bear, the golden fur. Um, and not the, the short face, uh, what the giant short face barrel would have looked like. It, it has the, the face, the body, the, um, structure of a, a Kodiak. Um, so when you're thinking about, well, the, the ancestry of where Kodiaks come from, could there be gigantism in a Kodiak? Now, there are some different disorders and different animals that can cause gigantism. There's a lot of different disorders and a lot of different animals that can cause different rates of bone growth. So for dogs and large breeds, 
you have what's called hypertrophic osteodystrophy. And what that does is it makes the bones grow really, 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 really big, really, 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 really fast. And you're going to be able to see that there's something wrong with your puppy like really, really young. And that I'm not going into whether this is a product of breeding or anything like that. It just happens sometimes. So when you see things like that, the bones get really, really long. They get really, really big. It also makes it a very short life expectancy. Right. So when you get into osteodystrophy, you've got a lot of different varieties of that. Like sugar gliders can get it, it, and they have like these weird like bone masses that go along with it. So there's a lot of different possibilities that can really cause an animal to grow really big. That was just a cool one that I found. That's not cool. Puppies being hurt isn't cool. <laughs> that was just a really impressive word that I found that I wanted to try and say so that I sound a little bit smarter. And bears in general, like if we go beyond the brown bear species. There are the grizzly, the extinct California grizzly. Um, and when you talk about how large they can be, they can get pretty big. And the biggest polar bear, which well, a bear by itself, uh, recorded by a hunter was, what, 2,900 pounds? It's 2,200 pounds, and it, they weighed it after it was shot. So it was a hunter took it down. So when you think about the possibility of there could be this humongous Kodiak that's roaming the the Alaskan wilderness. Yeah. And then you talk about, well, you know, like we said last time, you know, I I caught a fish. How big was it? Well, I mean, it was this big. But you tell your boys, well, okay, now it's larger. And then as you grow older, well, no. Boys don't know how to measure anything. Don't ever believe when a man says inches. It's a lie. Just you, You have to subtract. Well, in my case, you have to add about 10. (laughs) <laughs> but, you, but normally you, you subtract about three or four. Uh, but anyway, um, when you talk about the, the the stories that you could hear from, you know, your your friends or your hunters out in Alaska and they're like, well, yeah, I saw a bear and it was huge. Well, how big was it? Well, it stood at six foot, you know, from foot to shoulder. And they're like, well, I mean, it could. And then the story goes on. You know, the next day at the bar, you know, I, I saw a bear and it was eight feet from shoulder to, I mean, to foot to shoulder. Um, okay. And then like years later, no, it was nine foot tall from foot to shoulder, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So yeah. But knowing that there was a prehistoric animal that was, large genetically speaking can the kodiak have that small little genetic you know ancestry thing in him that would just make him large if he's the alpha of that so you're saying that maybe they have a recessive gene from their ancestor right is this like when people have like that really defined forehead and we're like oh that's like a neanderthal based right ancestry connection right okay or that one particular kodiak in alaska is the, the the alpha and like you said earlier, it just it just grew because it had it, it was the top of his of his mm-hmm. the food chain. So is it possible? Of course it is. To me anyway. Now, are there any links to other cryptids of what this could be? Like, could it be a giant, I don't know, a giant chupacabra? Of course not. You know, there's there's, there's no possible other link to something else 
Now, this thing is popular enough to have been featured on a TV show called Alaska Monsters. Personally, I have not seen this episode, but what it pretty much boils down to are these uh, four hunters, trappers, who are tracking the Northern Giant. Other series episodes have different cryptids, and when you, you come across the possibility of these four individuals who are trying to capture and track the Northern Giant, you know, it raises that, that level of, oh man, what if they find a large print? Or what happens if they find evidence, you know? Again, this is by far one of my, my favorite ones to talk about. All right. So we all know in Alaska, you can see Russia from your house. Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin. Um, <laughs> that's the only uh, geographic joke I have for Alaska. Um, now, I know I've heard a lot in previous learnings about this land bridge that apparently connected some of the continents. One of the most popular theories is that there was one in the Bering Strait. So this was a bridge, a land bridge that connected Russia, Europe, Asia to North America, and it went through Alaska. So is it possible that maybe there was a large bear in Russia or somewhere in Asia that made its way over to Alaska? Maybe it's a very, very small, distinct bloodline. For me, that's in the realm of possibility that maybe we just haven't caught it yet. Maybe we haven't seen enough or in a modern age, maybe it's not around anymore, but maybe it was. Yeah. And when you talk about the area itself, uh, there is this guy that I found on TikTok of all things. His name, well, his at is at the Aiden Mattis. Random scrolling one night. He considers a conspiracy theory of the National Park Service and why the National Park Service even exists is because they house cryptids. They house these fantastical beasts on federal land, protected land. You know, Denali National Park is right there in Alaska. I don't know, man. Ma- <laughs> I feel I feel like you're you do a lot of my, like I'm just saying. You're making my my little uh, wheels going on in my head. Now, in the Fairbanks area, because that's really where we're basing like a lot of the information that we're finding. I think it's interesting that there are no permanent tribes of peoples that lived in that area. Right. You had the Athabascan peoples. They would come to the area seasonally. They would harvest or they would like gather or they would hunt, but they never lived there full time. They would travel away and then they would travel back. But nobody ever stayed in this area. And it kind of makes me wonder if, I mean, if it's not just the cold, if there was something that maybe was hunting in that area too. At that point, if you know that the danger's coming, maybe this huge bear or this huge breed of bear is needing to eat before it hibernates and it needs to eat a lot. So maybe there is a natural predator for people. Because, I mean, we know that polar bears are really one of the only active predators we have that will actually hunt down and eat people. Yeah. Known, known to have done that. Yes. Yes. Now, there is an exception. There was a grizzly bear that pulled a woman out of a tent last week in Montana and killed her before her tent mates. Yeah, and there, there, have, there has been, cla- not claims, but there have been times to where uh, brown bears did uh, attack humans, mm-hmm. but that's when they were either A, 
threatened or yeah. or they were too close to their cubs or something. Mm-hmm. And and yes, of course you're gonna get you're gonna get attacked by you the, mess with my cubs and I'll attack you too. Yeah, so I mean like <laughs> like like yes, but like actively hunting people, there's there's no there's no evidence that Kodiaks, brown bears in general, will actively hunt a person. Yeah, polar bear will eat your face. Yeah. And that's and that's really interesting too. It's like why? Because they are so big that they can. Well, so is a Kodiak. Kodiaks are, are they're scary. Yeah, maybe we just taste really, really good. I don't know. You gotta ask Jeffrey Dahmer that one. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer, the people Dahmer. Okay, now and apparently it, we don't taste like chicken. We taste like something else. And people with tattoos don't taste good. Yeah, that, that's what Dahmer, he said. Yeah, Dahmer, Dahmer had is a like, thing. "Hey, what tattoo? Maybe, maybe uh, I'm, it's good that I, I have a couple of tattoos, and so no one, no one I tries have really to eat little me. ones." <laughs> now, in the University of Alaska Fairbanks actually found human remains that were 3,500 years old, which puts this back quite a ways. But with that Bering Strait bridge, they found a pit. And so far, the oldest thing of human remains that they found is 10,000 years old. 10,000 years old, and nobody would live in this area permanently until modern times. So that kind of, for me, feeds into... Either the environment was so inhospitable that they couldn't live there year right. round, or there's some there's a reason. There there has to be some kind of reason that they weren't there. Because yes, we have gone through our periods of nomad lifestyle throughout our evolution, but we tend to like to build a house or build a shelter and stay there. There's like a security to it. So I just thought that was a very interesting thing to know that people would go and then they would leave. And then yeah. they would go, and then they would leave. I don't know. Was it during their hunting hibernation? I, I, don't I don't know. Were the hunters being hunted? I think it's an interesting thing that we can definitely look more into. Okay, so the verdict. So now the time has come that we are going to rate our cryptid. So we use a rating scale of golden Nessies. You can think of it just like stars. Anthony, how many golden Nessies do you rate the northern giant? I give it four out of five. Four out of five golden Nessies. Yeah. I give this three golden Nessies. I'm not as excited about this as I thought I was going to be. I really do think it's plausible that there could be a couple ginormous bears running around. Yes, exactly. I give it four out of five because of the highly plausible it being out there. Because it's not this weird creature with wings this is a giant bear i love the idea of this giant freaking thing roaming around alaska i love the fact that it's popular enough to have an episode on some some weird hunting uh documentary style show i love the fact that you can trace a possible historic ancestry to something that literally walked the earth and would strike fear into giant mammoths and giant sloths. I love the fact that I just pictured a sloth scared and like it's big hands slowly raising oh, to its face. No. <laughs> I also love the fact that it's not anywhere else. It's not in California. It's not in Seattle, in Washington area. It's not in the woods out there. It's in this beautiful country wilderness that's Alaska. 
it just it it makes me so happy that it's it's not like this thing that goes tossed around story wise like it's it has that 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 centralized thing that the wolf woman of mobile had but it it wasn't like the level of i i can trace this back to something you know that, it, that tangible evidence right yeah. it, of like like yes like it could be this because this one thing did exist back in 10,000 11,000 years mm-hmm. ago and I, I love that so that's why i gave it a 4 out of 5 i i think you could rationalize anything with enough vodka and a can do attitude but yeah i think this i think this could be real am of the opinion that this is one where you can't prove that it didn't exist and if i were to go to alaska if i were to get on a plane and fly to alaska and they're like hey okay here's the deal please don't go into this area of the forest because there is a ginormous bear that's like 18 feet when it stands up i'd be like cool bet not going there right if i went to mobile and they're like hey don't go into the woods because there's a half woman half wolf thing and she might bite your face off i'd be like you're are you on fucking bath salts? <laughs> so that kind of real fear, that's I I re, I like it, but that's why it doesn't scream cryptid to me. I don't have that question in my mind like could this be real? I'm like, yeah, that's probably real. Like, you might have a point there. Yeah, 100%. So, three golden nessies because I did really like the story. Um I liked getting to learn a little bit more about the peoples that lived there and the Bering Strait and prehistoric bears. Okay, so our next date, if you know your ABCs. We're still really only in the A's. Yeah. Is Arizona. The Copper State. And the Grand Canyon State. I like the Copper State better. I think the Copper State actually is is better. But it does have a Grand Canyon there. It is. The The Grand Canyon. Yeah, the the actual, yeah, the... Like the capital letter Grand Canyon. Yeah, it's there. It's not just an okay canyon. It's grand. It's grand. As always, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, indeed. My name is Kaylee. And I'm Anthony. And this is 50 States of Terror. 50 States of Terror is a Housecraft production. This episode was researched, written, and presented by Anthony and Kaylee Diaz. Edited and embellished by Kate Flower.